Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, best-selling author Ryan North, and venture capitalist Bradley Tusk. Go from space exploration to startups as each of these authors explores the surprising intersection of seemingly unrelated things. Science and military power, history and science, and politics with tech and business. Plus, hear one author's plan to gain an invite to Patrick Stewart's birthday party. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist and co-author of Accessory to War, the unspoken alliance between astrophysics and the military. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, other than the word daunting, well, so I recorded only part of it. I saw how thick the book was, and I said, no, no. <laughs> I have to find somebody else to do this. And fortunately, we found Courtney B. Vance, who was delighted to take on this task. I just, yeah, I, you know, the universe needs me in other ways. <laughs> and that's precisely how I'm allocating my time. I only use words that I can pronounce. Let's start there. If I'm using words I can't pronounce, I should not be using the word because that means you can't pronounce it or some others can't pronounce it. That's not how I communicate. I'm an educator. But there are word sequences that are easier to read than they are to say because of some mixture of THs or Zs or Xs. And you can come out clumsy trying to pronounce them. And so what I find I have to do is say the first word in the sequence of difficult words in a row, take a breath, pronounce the second word, take a breath, pronounce the third word, and hope the engineer can staple that together and make it look like I was completely fluent through that phrase. So I'm counting on you engineers out there. Get it right. For me. Who's my dream narrator, living or dead? Hmm. Problem is, most people who have ever lived, we don't have their voice on recording because recording is like in the last century or so. So it's got to be somebody in the last century who I've heard and then who I like their voice. Then I thought, you know, why not James Earl Jones? But I can kind of do his voice. This is CNN. See, I, I could do that. Luke, I am your father. So I don't need him because I could just do it. But I really, there are other things I should be doing with my time. That's why we get other people. So I don't know. Maybe Elvis Presley. That'd be fun. <laughs> Some voice that just takes you to a new place. I hadn't thought that these other voices could work for astrophysics content. No, I think all we care about here is that the narrator has passion and intensity. Why live life at all unless you can do it with intensity? To listen to a book in modern times, I think, fits how we live. You know, how many hours you spend on the treadmill or some other cardio machine, or worse yet, how many hours you spend in traffic. And until we have self-driving cars, you're kind of stuck, if you want to be literate, having to listen to a book rather than read it. I'm not quite a big audiobook listener yet, but I'm transitioning because I expect to spend a lot of time in traffic and on treadmills, and I'm going to be bringing these into my future existence. Catching up on many of the novels I should have read or pretended to have read or at the cocktail party, fake it, 
but really, you know, you should have read it more deeply. So I'm going to be catching up. Hi, I'm Ryan North. I wrote How to Invent Everything because it was something I'd been obsessed with since I was a kid. This idea of going back in time and not knowing what to do. I had this very clear image of myself, you know, there in the primordial past, explaining how amazing the future was. And they'd say, great, you know, how do you invent computers? And I would say, I, I, I don't know, but trust me, they're going to be great. I finally decided to just write the book I wanted to read, to do the research, which took years, and figure out everything I needed to know to be prepared for going back in time, no matter how unlikely that possibility would be. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, it would be fun. You sit in a booth with some new friends, and they stare at you and tell you you're doing a good job for a week straight. It's a really pleasant experience. They feed you snacks, you get lunch, you get all the water you can drink. You're like a really well-kept farm animal that performs for their amusement, and I really enjoyed that experience. Words or phrases I realized I didn't know how to pronounce. <laughs> I feel like most words or phrases I realized I didn't know how to pronounce. There's tons of quotes in the book, and I didn't know their names, but I also realized that there's a whole separate dictionary in my mind of words that I only ever use when writing, and I never use them out loud because I don't know how they're said. And then once I was reading my book out loud, I realized, oh shoot, uh, I need to learn a lot very quickly about this language we call English. I'm excited to have people hear this audiobook for the first time. It's my first audiobook, and as you can probably tell by this more informal way I'm speaking now, I don't usually enunciate very clearly. <laughs> so I'm very excited for people to hear a much clearer, well-enunciating version of myself in this audiobook. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Patrick Stewart to record it. His voice is incredible. I've loved him since Star Trek. I've loved him most of my life, actually, since Star Trek is so old. And I just think he would do an amazing job. Plus, it would mean we become friends. I'd go to his birthday party. And Patrick, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if this sounds creepy. Please don't hold it against me. The last great audiobook I listened to was How Music Works by David Byrne, the guy from The Talking Heads. He knows so much about this one topic. And the most satisfying thing in the world is to listen to someone who knows a lot about a single topic while they just tell you about the thing they love. One of the things David Byrne mentioned in his book was the idea of how easy wax cylinders would be to reproduce in the past. And it was after I'd finished this book, and I thought, ah, David Byrne, where were you six months ago? Hi, this is Bradley Tusk. I wrote my book because the way that politics and regulation handle startups is really often unfair and corrupt. And it felt like the more that we could tell people about what's really going on out there, the more that it'll hopefully start to change behavior. And I was inspired by effectively seeing that when we put the right tactics and the right campaigns in place, we could win big, tough fights for startups. But again, we can do maybe a dozen at any given time, and there's 17,000 startups in the U.S. So for me, the idea of the book is to try to help bring some of that thinking and some of those ideas to a broader audience. Narrating my audiobook was really hard. I had no idea how exhausting it would be, how draining it would be, or how bad I would be at it. So I was surprised at how difficult it was, but now that I'm done with it, you know, I'm proud of myself for getting through it. 
I realized I had trouble pronouncing Kurosawa, which is the last name of Uber's CEO, given that about a third of my book is about Uber. It's ironic that I didn't realize how to pronounce Dara's last name. Now, in fairness to me, I never worked with him, and he was the CEO after I left, but you still would have thought that I knew how to say it. I'm excited about the last chapter because it's about mobile voting, and that's something that really means a lot to me, something I'm really pursuing with a lot of energy and resources through my foundation. I just don't think you can fix the political system until ultimately more people vote, and it's in the political interest of politicians to reflect the mainstream. Until then, they're going to do whatever it takes to just stay in office, and if only a small number of people vote in primaries, that's what's going to be reflected, and we only have dysfunction and polarization. So I'm hoping that people will hear that chapter and will agree with me, and we can move it forward. So if I wasn't recording my audiobook, I probably would cast Morgan Freeman, but it would be kind of fun if Ed Koch, if he were still alive, to have recorded it in that super New York, nasally aggressive tone and just plow through all of it, because so much of the book is really a political argument one way or another, and so Koch would have been a fun narrator. We listen to two categories of audiobooks. One is with our kids when we drive. And recently, the Family Fletcher books, my son really liked. Carl Hyacin has a bunch of kids' books, and those are really good, too. And the other area are books that I want to read, or at least I want to understand, but I have trouble getting through in writing. So like, I tried Sapiens twice, couldn't get through it. I'm now listening to an audiobook, and it's working a lot better. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.